0: Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com
1: It's coffee so good, <laughs> it's scary
0: Retro. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Reduct cephala Podcast That's the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome, as you know As you retroids know, we are part of the Dorkening and Dinebriart Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. I'm your host. My name is Parasite Steve. And with me as uh, sometimes is nobody. Um, Yeah, but that's okay because uh, guess what, guys? This is the first episode of The Brig for season six. That's right. The very first one, it's, uh, it's going to be a good time, so just relax, sit back, put your feet up. We got some, we got some cool stuff for you, great guest this week. Down in the eldritch unknown of the brig, we have writer, monster hunter, and lover of staring too long into the abyss. It's Ray Nichols. Ray is the author of the Apollo Grant books, and is here to talk all about the newly released third in that series, Grant No Quarter ray welcome to the show
1: thank you thank you so much for having me
0: it is our pleasure we are uh excited to start season six off with uh with your fine self this evening um and you have uh you have a a number of pretty fun books out there and you you clearly like to to blend genres but before we before we get into them because I do want to get into them very quickly. But I just want to mention, like, because it's the beginning of the year, you know, not to toot our own horns, but you'll note the shiny, clean state of the cell you're in down there. It's pretty nice, right?
1: Um, I think you and I have some different definitions of what shiny and clean mean. There is a smell and there is something sticky and I'm not going to touch the floor and figure out what that is.
0: Well, that's disappointing, you know, because we had our brand new host Justin Cooper scraping, sponging, and spit polishing all the gore-stained surfaces down there. Like he's been at it all week, and I'm I'm pretty sure he even put uh, cartoonishly large corks on all the spikes down there. So, I mean, he he assured me that there was practically no way for you to contract tetanus, and I mean that that's pretty good for us. So I don't know, but you know, I'll, we'll we'll have to have you know he's new. We'll 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 have to have a talk with him. But um, in all seriousness. Uh, it's probably hasn't looked that good in like six seasons. So, you know, try to enjoy is my point. We have a series of three books that you've written. The Apollo grant series. Um, these are pu- published by Mocha memoirs, press our friends at Mocha memoirs, press you have um, that started with Apollo grant. And then the second one's called taken for granted. And the new one is grants. No quarter. Which i love, I love the uh the the use of the name throughout the great titles um yeah, uh, I mean, let's talk about them um but sure. before before diving into the books themselves, can you talk a little bit about what led you into mashing up these particular genres horror, humor, detective noir, why do these great tastes taste so great together
1: there's there's a uh as to why they they work together, hell, I don't know, I mean, but people are buying them and reading them, so. That's cool. But as to why I started writing them, there is a multi-part answer to them. And the biggest component of that is pure pandemic spite. <laughs> nice. So,
0: <laughs> you, you used your frustrations for good.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So I, I work one of these jobs to work. I'm still working for this company. But, you know, when, you know, 2020 happened and is in some parts of the world still happening and the my job decided that it would be a great idea, even though we were working from home, for me to do the same 50 hours of work in a 40-hour week in a 30-hour work week. No, no, no that's Yikes. not how it works. No. And I was already trying to, you know, pursue this whole, you know, side gig of of, of writing. And um, at the same time, I already had um, books turned down as as what happens when you start out. So... Right. I'm like, you know what? Some this is what I enjoy. Like, I started out writing high fantasy and just regular, just pure junk. Um, I'm not gonna show you the books that will never be published. They are pure junk. But I was like, you know what? I just said, fuck it. I'm just gonna write just books where I don't really give a damn what anybody else thinks. I wanna write the books I wanna read. And
0: right.
1: um when when I got pissed off by the world because my hours had been slashed and I had this time to write, um I was reading um some of the John Hartness, Quincy Harker things. And I'm like, you know what? I want to write something similar in this vein, but I also want to add in some elements of the th- other things I like to read. So I'm not like completely copying what he's doing. Right. And um, I just got my computer and said, you know, I don't care where this goes. I'm just going to pants this out. And that's how Apollo Grant came to be. Nice. Um, I was, th- when I started writing it, I was thinking about a visit I had done in 2016 to Vegas that is what I like to call the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest Fail Adventure, where they completely jacked up our tickets, but we went to Vegas anyway. And um, some other friends in my group had were able to go to the convention. They, they come out. We meet at the Paris Hotel, which is where the first book starts. And I preface this by saying I have never seen an episode of Futurama at this point. Okay. Because the opening line is very similar to Bender's tagline, you know, where he references Blackjack and Hooker's. But, you know, what he says and what I say, say are, in my books are actually very, very different. But my opening line is, you know, my friend Greg, who I was with at the time, we had gone into the Paris Hotel, and there's this nice Parisian skyline, and i had never seen a casino that was like this, with, you know, blackjack tables with pretty essentially strippers dancing on top of them, and, like, a country western stage over here, and, like, a Guy Fieri restaurant <laughs> over here. Like, it was insane. It was nuts. And I'm like, why don't I just use this as a setting for my book? Yeah. (laughs) So, and it worked. Yeah. Um, And have you ever been to Vegas?
0: I've never been to Vegas. No.
1: It is one of those places. Um, yes, there are people walking down the street with three foot tall alcoholic slushies. And yes, those, those things do happen. And it's, it's great. (laughs) Um,
0: yes, there are vampires. Yes, we must hunt them.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure there might actually be vampires. Who knows? I mean, it's Vegas. um, (laughs) But no, I use a lot of influences from that trip and a few other ones I had done since then to um, to really, really capture the setting of those books.
0: Gotcha. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, including the vampires.
1: Until we get to book three of my series where they leave Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I didn't want to write it. I didn't want to write. I I wanted to get them out of Vegas for a book. (laughs) So that's (laughs) nice.
0: Um, Very. (laughs) Very cool. I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, as writers, we we all have, first of all, we all have the the crap on the shelf that no one's ever going to read. That's that's just all of us. And uh, we uh, we, you know, that's that's part of, you know, learning how to do it. Um,
1: right. And I think but, you have to write those trash books to get to figure out what it so is too. that you're because I for a long time had been wanting not to write urban fantasy. I was so gung ho and I'm going to write the next big, great American high fantasy epic. I'm like, no, no, that's not what happened. And I wrote Apollo Grant. I realized I'm actually kind of okay at this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how, it's funny how that happens. You know, I mean, I started my, my trash books, quote unquote, are like, uh, nothing like the books I've, I've put out. I've, uh, you know, I've only released adult horror and <laughs> this was like, uh, kind of a middle grade fantasy. So was was my first thing that I did and it was right. pretty long too until I realized like okay this is this is good this can just stay here. I'll just do something else. Um but it is it is fascinating like how much you learn along the way when you do stuff like that. And as far as like, you know, you know, being careful of okay there's there is that fine line between inspiration and plagiarism. So yeah, you got to you got to be careful with it and I always <laughs> try to like
1: yeah, so it's not so much that it's, yes, I, in a way it is plagiarism, but I think that's not the word I want to use whenever I'm talking about okay. describing the use of tropes or anything like that I think the word um, we're looking for in this case is derivative. When it becomes derivative, it's when you get that feeling of this isn't, I see what you're trying to do, but this isn't original at all. Like, right? Right,
0: you've been yeah. here before, and it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's not just the idea that's derivative, but it's or you know it's the way that they're saying it if you 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 keep hearing those same lines and i think that a lot of movies today are are really coming under fire and like certain movies are you know a, a kind of a buzzword thing that people are accusing movies of now um and i can think of one but i just i'll refrain but um they say like oh this feels like it was written by ai because like that's how ai works right like it's just regurgitating uh mm-hmm. <clears throat> phrases that it knows from other things. And so when you start to like hear these same phrases over and over and everything's just so tired. You know, I can't I cannot tell you like if every time I hear the phrase, you know, a villain will say it and they'll be like to the hero, we're not so different, you and I. I'm like, oh come on. Like I never need to hear that ever again. Tell tell me you don't use this. Do you, is this in the book? Did I call you up? No, no, okay. Okay. no. Woo! Wow, I thought I stepped in it there.
1: No, but, yeah,
0: that's a big one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this is why, as as writers, you have you have to rely on another <laughs> set of eyes to read your stuff before you even submit it anywhere. Because yeah. to avoid stuff like that, because when I'm drafting, I I am guilty of using things like that, and sometimes I don't realize it until my beta reader goes, um, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Say this or, better. Do better.
1: <laughs> do better. You are better than like I've literally I, I have one of my friends now. He is not as experienced as a writer I'm, as I am, but he reads a lot and he reviews a lot of my stuff. And he does the thing where he doesn't so much tell me what I want to hear. He tells me what I need to hear. Good. That's and then you, you know once I yeah. you know. I go back to my little corner of shame, you know, cry to myself for several hours and put my big girl pants back on. I realize I'm like, okay, you're right. Let me go fix it.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's exactly what a good beta reader is supposed to do. And sometimes it does completely suck. And I've been at the, at both ends of that. And it's, it's hard both times. It's hard Mm -hmm. both ways. Um, but the point is to hopefully make the work better and, um, you're not going to do that if you just, you know, coddle the person and tell them, no, everything's fine. It's like, well, what are you doing this for? Just just to pat them on the back and say everything's fine when it's not? Like, make the thing better. That's the, that's the point of it. And that's why sometimes, like, really close friends don't always make the best beta readers. Sometimes they can, but a lot of times they are more concerned about your feelings and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to make you feel bad, you know? So, but if you can find that, that really perfect beta reader that gets your rhythm and they're like, no, I love this scene. It's amazing. Write it better. Like it's just don't say this. Um,
1: Yeah. uh, You and I are going to have to get cool about some stuff really, really quick before you read this book. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, just saying.
0: I've gotten to read the first three chapters of the new one. Uh, You sent me that you were kind enough to send me a digital version of Grant Snow Quarter And um, I'm really enjoying it so far. And what I would say is that um, this is my first experience with your writing. And I think that you do have a lot of uh, really clever turns of phrase throughout um, so far. You know, I'm 30 pages into it or so. And there's a number of like sections where you surprise me either by the content of what you're saying or, you know, just how you said it, how you decided to say it. Um, And I think that that really is, uh, is just the mark of a a good writer and, you know, sometimes a great writer and, you know, whatever, like, you have to be able to say that, like saying the thing is great, it's but if you can say it really clever, and, uh, you know, then it's, it's, you're, you're giving the reader a whole other level. Um, So I was experiencing that with uh, what I got to read of, of Grant No Quarter, really, really cool stuff. and I do, I do have one example that I picked out that I, I quite enjoyed. Oh, no. um, so let's talk about let's talk about your protagonist here for a second. Apollo Grant, first of all, great name. Um, he's he's kind of a you know a a spin on a type of character we're familiar with. He's a, a he's a detective. He's a noir type detective, um, but he feels a little bit more like not a not a full on parody, but he is seeming to me to be almost having fun with the genre that he's a, a a part of essentially do you think that's a fair thing
1: to say or um it's definitely a different assessment than what i've heard before um and i think that's because i'm coming you're coming from a place where you're starting in book three so you're right seeing, and i only
0: read a couple chapters you know, right chapters. and you're seeing
1: also seeing apollo Post what's happened in Book one and two, where he's gone through a bunch of shit, and then where I'm at right now, I'm in like the middle of writing book four where he's going through even further shit <laughs> further shit so yes. much further shit yes. to come um no i i I think I think it is a fair assessment because I wanted to write a character to him I'm like okay here's here's my here my hero quotations um air, air quote hero air insert air quotes here um I wanted to write a main character that is like well he's very questionable on the moral compass and he makes some bad decisions and um that's 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 what we're going to roll with and it and it works um and some of the bad decisions he makes will continue to proliferate into even more bad decisions so i mean
0: to me that's the perfect type of character i'm i'm uninterested in the perfect perfect superman types anyway Mm -hmm. um i want somebody who falls and is like i'm always i always say this i'm always been from the comics i've always been more of an iron man fan than a captain america fan (laughs) just because not not, not even mcu but like because mcu really turned me around on captain america side note but from the comics, like the Boy Scouts are not my favorite is what I'm trying to say. Like, I want the guy who's, you know, gotten drunk and had, you know, alcoholism and problems and does things wrong and screws things up and pisses people off, but is a good person at heart and tries harder and tries to be a better person, tries to keeps trying to be better and rising above. So that is something I love about noir, period, because, you know, you know, tons of characters, tons of main character detective types are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's even like somebody like Sam Spade is kind of, you know, one dimensional, but you know, he, he, there's plenty of characters that are like that, that really, you know, they are good people and they do want to do the right thing, but maybe we come into a, a point in their life where they've experienced serious tragedy and, and, you know, shit is serious shit has gone down already. And they're, you know, in the grips of uh, in the throes of alcoholism or, you know, almost alcoholism. And they're they're, you know, they're not in their best day. And uh, and that's when we meet them. And I love I love characters like that. So, um, yeah, no, Apollo seems really, really cool. He just tends to have I, I was getting a little bit of a buffy flair with him. Like it's uh it's it's just he's kinda see, seemed like you were having some fun fun with him. And so the example of a really great turn of phrase that I enjoyed that I, I mentioned, uh so in the very first page you mentioned him uh he's he's just going into North Carolina and he is uh trying to describe you you as the author are just describing how hot it is and how humid it is and how, how, you know, how it's, it's affecting the main character. And you, as, as a, as a woman are writing a crass male character, who's thinking about the sweatiness of his balls and (laughs) right on page one. And I just, it really like, it got me like I laughed out loud. And, um, aside from being a truly jarringly funny line, it was a really effective way of communicating like a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, we, from that one sentence, when he's thinking about how sweaty his balls are, we get heat, humidity, discomfort, and how human Apollo is. He's not some polished, pristine, you know, version of a human being. He's just a human being. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. And uh, Mm -hmm. all that from just one line. And I mean, I think that's really great. I I loved I loved that so and that was on page one so you (laughs) you disarmed me so much and I'm like okay this is where we are now okay we're doing this all right let's do this and I'm I'm like fully in all because we're talking about sweaty balls like all right let's go let's do it
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't one of the things that I like to do and this is going to sound very stalkerish one of the things I like to do is observe people
0: Uh uh-huh
1: I mean you have to you have As a writer, you have to do essentially—you have to do your research. Whether it's you're writing historical fiction and you're trying to research the setting, for me, if I'm writing somebody that I don't necessarily identify either physically, characteristic-wise, gender-wise, you know, I'm going to have conversations. I'm going to observe people, Mm -hmm. and thankfully, one of my best friends on my beta reading team is a very crass, (laughs) unreliable dude, and that we (laughs) tend to have very voracious pun exchanges. Like pun, um, so that's where a lot of the humor comes from, because he knows that I can go toe to toe with him, and I have no shits to give, and here I am as a female presenting author, and I am writing this basically you know white the the generic white male per tag douche canoe um <laughs> and I can say this because Apollo Grant is my creation, and he, he's
0: your, he, he's like your you son. said.
1: He does kind of do the Iron Man thing that he makes these mistakes and sometimes he'll be one of two things. He's gonna do the redeeming thing, or he's gonna be like, Well, this is a bad idea, but let's go, team. So
0: I liked him from the word balls. So I mean, what can I say? <laughs> so how did you decide on on this is your is your hero, your air quotes hero that you're gonna write as you just said. Um Derek just, White douche canoe. <laughs> how does honestly,
1: how did you decide like, on that? I just wanted to use the name Apollo a worker named Apollo, and I thought the name was cool. Um, it is cool. <laughs> it's a very it cool, cool name. Um, I wanted, you know, vampire vam- vampire stories are never going to go out. They never will. They're going to exist until the end of time. But I wanted to write something that was fo- focused more on the on the, on the the monster hunter than the monsters. Yes, there are monsters. And mm-hmm. those monsters, um, as you see, especially because you have Wayne and Tal now, you see them, in, and I'm sure we'll, yeah. we'll talk about mm-hmm. those later um they have their own moral compasses as well given their conditions and them with apollo and his very unique profession um these people not things um i think it creates a very interesting dynamic never mind the fact like you said he is human um there's going to be some family drama that comes into it that ties into it as well so it was just an interesting way for me to explore somebody who is like this and has daddy issues
0: hmm Yeah, there was I did get one line in the span that I read of him um, thinking about his dad and clearly not a good guy, Uh, not not good experiences back there. Um, no warm and fuzzy memories. So I'm, I'm interested. And I was wondering, I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm probably missing so much backstory on this, but maybe there's still more to come. Maybe there's something that's going to be so, revealed in this book. I'm not sure.
1: His, so yeah, you're going if, to, if you continue reading on, you're going to get more of his dad. Um, he's going to become more of a key player as things that happen off screen everything so far in the past three books when his dad is mentioned has happened off screen oh. um, because it's going to lead into the end of the arc in the next book. I can actually talk a little bit more about that after we're done recording. Cause I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Cause yeah, I'm really yeah, excited yeah, about where this whole series is going.
0: Right. But you know, you saved me a question because the answer to uh, my, f- one of my final questions is what's next for Apollo Grant. Will his adventures continue? That question that I wrote down.
1: Yes. The answer is um, yes. Yes. Uh, in book four, um, he does. So book three takes place in South Carolina um, because I just really wanted to write a book in a swamp with a witch. Fair enough. And that's it. That's how that happened. And no book, four, book four, we're going to go back to Vegas. And um, I, I have like this like bullet point list. And then I don't know why I'm doing this. Nobody can see me. Uh, I can point. see you. I can see you, right? <laughs> the people perfect. listening can't see me. Um,
0: <laughs> Oh screw them. this
1: bullet point list yes. of like major like book one this is the plot point book two like and then there's like little bullet points under this so book three was witch and swamp lots of animals literally how i i did that right book Love four it. i has the best s- plot line that i've come up with so far which is supernatural baby mama drama because i was watching an old episode of mori and i said yep this happening now
0: <laughs>
1: it's happening no shame <laughs>
0: When I when I started my second book, the only thing that I had was I'm like uh, vampires must fight elephant. The story came later. It happens sometimes. It's just the the one the one grain of an idea. You know, you got to just uh, tend that garden and water right. it, and it'll eventually turn into something. So, yeah, you mentioned your your other two main characters, and because they you know we we start book three and they're all in a car together. And do you want to talk about uh, a little bit about them or? Yes, Tall and Wayne. I I quite enjoyed their the initial banter right off the bat. Again,
1: as a direct result of a couple things, what happens in book one and two? Because there's book one, then you have book two as a flashback that brings us back to the end of book one and jumps into book three. Um, It makes sense, trust me. Um, But Mm -hmm. Wayne and Tall are big figures in both of those books, and they're essentially what I wanted to do is. Wayne, The character of Wayne was so well received from people who have seen me at cons so much. I'm like, you know what, we're just gonna bump you up into series regular, my friend. And then I'm like, (laughs) well, we're gonna do the same thing with Tal because she was so much fun to write too. And I think um, I still needed those two characters specifically to serve that function. And I also wanted them to be in a car that was not the greatest looking car in the world, but it was barely an upgrade from the car that gets destroyed in book one. So
0: this is not this is not Steve McQueen's green Mustang from Bullet.
1: This no, is this is guy. a really shitty Al Camino, which was a step up from the 1996 cherry red. That somehow this dude managed to fit in in book one. So.
0: <laughs> right right away you can tell there's a great rapport with the characters and it's really fun and it makes me want to go back and read the other ones because it's like yeah well I I should know these characters already and um I'm already instantly enamored with them um but it would be great to to you know get their full story so I mean folks I mean definitely check these check these books out these are these are technically novellas right so they're a little mm-hmm. on the shorter side the Apollo Grant series. So number one is Apollo Grant. Number two is Taken for Granted. Number three just came out in November. Grant No Quarter, which is my favorite title of the bunch, by the way. Great, great title. Ray, would you at all be interested in reading a little bit from the book? Um, we always um, offer this to our authors. It's totally up to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can I can go ahead and just uh, read like that first section of chapter one. Um, cool. Like up to where they leave the gas station. I think it'll think work. All right, guys, so this is the beginning of chapter one of um, Apollo Grant 3, Grant No Quarter. By myself, Ray Nichols. Gone were the flashy lights and flamboyant scenes that made the city of Las Vegas bearable. On a mission to save Norman, a man I could barely call my friend, I now found myself in a shitty cesspool of humidity, which showed no mercy no matter how much fucking antiperspirant I applied. I immediately regretted not taking the time to put on underwear. Even though it was late at night, moisture hung in the air hung thick and stagnant, causing my pants to stick to my balls. As the El Camino crossed the state line, I could feel a silent, imaginary voice mocking me, whispering, Welcome to South Carolina. I felt a slight tapping on my shoulder. Apollo? The blue-haired woman sitting next to me asked. I didn't bother turning my head, but checked my rearview mirror instead. The sun had just finished its westerly descent, and I was cranky. Another tap on the shoulder, this time pressing so hard, her finger felt like a tiny hammer. Apollo, she asked again. Hello? Can we stop now? I need to pee. A small snicker answered her request, but not from me. The man sitting on the far side of her leaned forward and pointed with his thumb at the passenger window. He's certain only an apocalypse could make a strain of it fall out of place. There's a tree right over there, Tal, he said. Tal turned her attention to him. Shut up, bats. I exhaled a deep sigh. These two morons had been going at it ever since we left Vegas. A bit of anger seeped into my voice. I had had enough of their bullshit. Wayne sat back and crossed his arms. We might have similar monikers, but I'm so much cooler than Bruce Wayne. I'm surprised you know who that is, old man. Tal giggled. Wayne grumbled and turned his head, staring dejectedly out the window. I'm a vampire, not an idiot. I kept my eyes trained on the road. The journey so far had been uneventful, with the trees and the highway being the only things in my immediate sight. Keeping my focus was all I could do to prevent myself from reminding the man in the car with me that drinking untested blue super serum was probably not the best of ideas. We still had no idea what the ramifications of Wayne's action would be. Apollo, we really need to go, Tao said, drawing the last word out in a long line. Thankfully, we passed by a blue sign which read, guess. Next exit. I could see the ramp approaching. Fine, I said. There's a station up ahead. <laughs> Maybe she'll stop her yapping. Tao punched Wayne in the shoulder. Maybe you should stop flapping. Wayne smiled, pointing at his teeth. I have fangs, not wings. I rolled my eyes. Some rescue squad we were. I just hoped we got to Norman in time before my companions did something dumb, like kill each other. The gas station was located fairly close to the exit as we pulled off the highway. It looked like some run-down mom-and-place with a convenience store and only two pumps. I parked in front of one of the pumps, and Hal wasted no time getting out of the car. She climbed over Wayne, her foot landing squarely in his crotch as she opened the passenger's side door. Damn bitch, you could have waited for me to get out first, he said. I blinked at him in surprise. It was the first time I had ever heard him use such strong language. Then again, I'd be pissed too if someone tried to flatten my dick with their heel. Tal didn't bother looking back. She rushed inside the store with an almost unnatural speed. Wayne sat doubled over, holding his crotch, trying desperately not to cry. My stomach growled. We had been driving so long, I couldn't remember the last time I had eaten. Wayne's consumption of the serum prevented him from turning into dust in the sun. He insisted on driving as much as we could on the open highway so he could enjoy the light. After all, for him, it had been several decades since he could do so. I'm going inside to get a snack. You gonna be okay, I asked. Wayne waved a hand in my direction. Taking that as affirmation, I got out of the car. Humidity clung to me like flies on fresh shit, and my clothes stuck to my skin. At least the full moon overhead provided a nice ambience. I shook my head. Who the hell was I kidding? I was in the middle of the South, the stifling air unbearable, and I walked almost bow-legged due to the tug of my pants as I headed toward the store. As I neared the building, I swore I saw a dog the size of a wolf staring at me from the woods behind. Wolves in South Carolina? It didn't make any sense. I blinked. The wolf-dog disappeared. A small bell hanging over the doorway jangled as I headed inside. The clerk, a man in his mid-40s, grinned at me. Not from around here, are you? He asked. Come again? He pointed at my legs. Saw you walking up here. Only fools would wear leather in this heat. I narrowed my eyes at the clerk. He laughed and continued reading the newspaper on the counter. The man probably peaked in high school. Who the hell was he to insult me in such a manner? Quickly disregarding the man, I headed down the snack aisle and picked up a package of flaming hot Cheetos and a Coke from a nearby cooler. Glad to see you didn't fall in, I said, as Tal stood next to me. You're a funny one, Sparkles. The previous week, I took a shower using some of Madison, no, Lilith's Glitter Shampoo, and Hal was sure to put in a jab about it whenever possible. I'm still picking glitter out of my nether regions when I go to the bathroom. I couldn't figure what was worse, the great glitter incident of 2020, or the fact that the reason we were here on this mission was all Lilith's fault. I sighed, never going to let that go, are you? Tal reached up and ruffled a hand in my hair. Probably not. Y'all gonna stand there and flirt, or do you want me to ring that out? I noticed the headline on the paper. Missing person's case claims another victim. It's just a coincidence, Apollo. People go missing all the time, I reminded myself as the clerk scanned the bag. We were here to find Norman. I didn't have time for other people's problems. That'll be 535, the clerk said. Fucking highlight robbery is what it is, I muttered as I put a five and one dollar bill from my pocket onto the counter. Keep the change, I said. Tal followed me out as I stormed back out to the car. Wayne eyed Tal suspiciously as he scooted over so we could get in. What? she asked. You'd be cranky too if a pipe-sized person just smashed your balls, Wayne said. Tal simply shrugged in response. My clothes made a sickening, squishing sound as I sat. I started the ignition and drove away, pressing the pedal as far down as it would go. I wanted to get to the motel Tal booked for us as quickly as possible so I could shower and change. As we drove off, I could have sworn I saw a wolf staring at me with its yellow glowing eyes in the rear view mirror. There we go.
0: Great. Thank you very much. That was great. I think it's really funny. And your observation, uh, observational quality is is amazing. The fact, like, like, I've never even read a guy that talks about his balls as much. <laughs> and And you have him. Like but you're showing humidity and you're showing the the main character's discomfort. It's not for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's not just crass, it's not just for a laugh. It is funny, but it is for a legitimate reason and it really is effective, at least for people who have balls. Like I can I can justify right. the the bow legged comment. Like, I don't even know how you how you know that. Like you you are that observational. Like it's really, really funny to me. I think also, a lot of
1: that too, especially with Apollo is um You know, granted, he grew up, he's, part of him is like me. He's an extension of myself. No, Um, he grew up (laughs) in the Midwest. He ends up in Vegas. So he's been Mm -hmm. spending probably the past, he's spending the last 10 years in Vegas. He's a city boy. And now he in the country. And you're going to, he's going to spend a lot of book three going, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) 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 I also really enjoy the, uh, the, the scene that follows this where, um. Where Wayne is the one that actually ends up eating the, the flaming hot Cheetos and oh, yeah. he gets, he gets the crumbs stuck in his fangs and stuff.
1: Because that's, I have been on so many tough. road trips where I buy a snack, I am so excited to eat the snack, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna i be- I'm I'm driving, so I'm like, here, hold this for me. And ten minutes later I'm like, Where the fuck's my food? <laughs> like
0: <laughs> And the goddamn vampire in the back seat's already eating it. Like, come on. Like, come on, man. Dude. <laughs> Do we even get any? You get no nutritional value. out. Okay, granted, I don't get nutritional value out of Flamin' Hot Cheetos either. But, you know, still, I paid for them. Thank you very much for the reading. Fun book so far. I'm looking forward to reading more. And, uh, you know, guys, the, there's three books. There's going to be a fourth book. I, I don't know if you're planning on stopping or just riding this um, uh, wave as long as it goes or what you're thinking.
1: I, I believe that stories should end at some point. Um, right now, I have the current arc that we're in now is going to end on book four and then the second arc is going to be a continuation of arc one of course and so it's going to be like books four and so it's gonna be like eight books is what i have planned okay that's Um, a lot and they're all gonna be novellas because they're quick they're fun i can write them in between doing other stuff um i do want to write other stuff in the apollo verse but i don't necessarily want to keep writing apollo um I would like to explore a little bit more of Wayne's background and I want to explore some more things with Tal's family, which um, as you, in this book, will find a lot more about. So nice.
0: I always wanted to do this exact thing uh, with novellas specifically. I think it, it's a really fun idea um, to have a series of just shorter form stories that mm-hmm. are kind of quicker and pulpy and like, you know, it, it, you know, you can read through in maybe a sitting or two. And uh, it's, um, it's something I, I still in the back of my head, keep, you know, keep on a shelf back there. And I'm like, no, one of these days, because I, I got a character and I know who I want to do it with. And mm-hmm. I have all these ideas. And I love that idea, because I tend to personally enjoy short, shorter form things. I think, Right. Um,
1: so. And that's why I try to write these books. And I think because I started book one ended in the 30 to forty thousand range now book three of course is is shorter than books one or two but that's because i couldn't tack it on to the end of book two and i didn't really want to start book four at with this beginning mm. so I'm like you know we're just gonna write a little shorter novella and um, what i like about them is bless y'all i love my readers but y'all got some short attention spans that's just the way readers are now
0: Except for you, fantasy readers.
1: Except for fan- Oh, I'm a fantasy reader, and you know, I've got some Brandon Sanderson stuff on my on my shelf that you need a concealed carry permit for. But you know, we're we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah. it comes down to a couple things. Is that yeah. I wanted to write the short and fun stories. Like I just wanted to write them and just end them. You know, like I want them to be, be complete, but I don't want to spend too too much time getting to the point. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of readers who just, like you said, they enjoy that. That small city. They want to be able to read it and be done with it and go on to the next thing.
0: Certainly, that's me. That is a yeah. A lot of me. it also
1: has to come down to with me being a newly published writer. Um, this is something I learned very early on. As I talk about the business of writing, is reader equity. People don't know who I am. Hmm. So why would they spend twenty five or thirty dollars for a book that's eighty thousand to a hundred thousand words when I have a twenty thousand to forty thousand word book that i can sell for five or ten they're not spending that much money and they're getting a quality book and then they buy the other books and then now by the time once i start building that fan base then i can start writing putting the longer stuff out
0: good plan yeah definitely yeah you got to get them hooked with those uh those those you know the freebies like you give the give the first one out you're like okay kids I don't um, like this, but the next one's not free, so just just saying.
1: I have a I have another novella series with Goldust Publishing that is more of the paranormal investigative mystery.
0: Yes, I was going to ask you about this. Yeah, and um,
1: there are people who bought that that I met at cons, and this is how I'm like, wow, I'm starting to feel like a big hotshot writer now, woohoo! <laughs> um, <laughs> who have come to me who bought Red Apollo Grant and bought Until Death my the eric ken stuff because they liked apollo and it's a little bit different in tone it's it's got comedic elements but it's not like you're reading a buffy episode right? Okay. which is what <laughs> apollo grant is i have no shame in that i, I love i love buffy
0: <laughs> yeah so, so do i and that was definitely the the that's what kept coming to mind for me and i was hoping that that's what you were intending and that you were right thinking. right right
1: i um i'm a big fan of buffy and supernatural and stuff and so Same. those those things yeah. um definitely influenced my writing definitely supernatural when i start doing the buddy cop relationship in because mm-hmm. it is i mean they're brother the winchester they're brothers but it's still buddy mm-hmm. cop um when i start doing that until death i even put like a little reference to a pie in there because you know uh, the pie yep. is possessed um, so i'm like
0: so go and then us. my
1: publisher was like you need to make this a running gag i'm like but i already have a series with a bunch of running gags eventually my running guys are going to cross series. I'm going to forget which ones I put where.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, uh, which character has the turducken slammer? Oh, geez. (laughs) I don't remember. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's another perfect benchmark for the series for like the tone. It's, it's, it's fun stuff where I'm, I have no doubt that the scary stuff will be scary, but we're going to have fun along the way for sure. So yeah, until death an Eric Kent investigation Case one was put out just this uh past August by Gold Dust Publishing, right? So you actually had two books come out right in a row. You had August and then November.
1: Yeah, and that was that was pretty pretty insane because um we had a little bit of an Amazon kerfuffle. So when they came out, it was lot, it was like boom boom. It was interesting having two books out at the same time. Um but I really like what Apollo Grant has done and will continue to do. Um, because that writing that series got me even further into this network of local authors and stuff in my area that led me to talking to um, Jason Roach, who is the owner of Gold Dust. Uh, we were just sitting at a bar and he's like, I'm looking for stories. I'm like, well, I have a book that I don't have a home for. He goes, send it to me. And that's how I got, p- that's how I ended up with that contract. I'm like, love it. Okay. <laughs> will you write more and i'm like but i intended it as a one shot
0: <laughs> he's like well i'm gonna title it Kate colon case one so
1: that, that that's how we came that we, i actually came up with that because he was like when he said he wanted to make it a series and i'm like well let me figure out if there's some other ideas in this vein because i my inspiration for that oh god we're segwaying so hard off of this my uh my inspiration for that one came from watching true crime doc- documentaries and i was well some story about like a crazy doctor out in the Florida keys. And I'm like, I want to write a villain based off of this. Yeah. And then as I'm writing it, I realized like, well, you know, I'm still using it as a writer. You know, we tend to use some of the same tropes in our toolbox. And of course I, I recognize that I do this here, but I want, I wanted to put in some funny things, but not have it be borderline slap, not slapstick, but like where Apollo is with so many puns that that's what makes it work. You know? So. Definitely,
0: yeah. This is like your, you know, it's it's a similar vein, different tone. Um, it's definitely
1: more the paranormal investigative mystery with some okay. romantic elements in it because there's a love story in there. Gotcha.
0: Well, um, I read online it was like crossing supernatural with the sixth sense and the yeah. Twilight Zone, and those are all things that are awesome. So, um...
1: yeah, that that story, the main character sees dead people. So when, when you when you walk in the story knowing this, you're like.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um so yeah guys you have uh you have all three Apollo Grand series uh books in the series are out right now on Amazon. I don't know if you have a preferred place you would like them to go, but I know they're all on the Zon and and so is your your Gold Dust Publishing book Until Death right. and Eric Every, every- investigation. <laughs>
1: Everything is on um, Amazon, uh, including the audiobook for book one. Um, everything else, everything can, for Apollo Grant, um, you can get all those through Um And the same thing with Until Death is also on Amazon and can be found through the Gold Dust Publishing website as well.
0: Awesome. So for Apollo Grant, that basically what you're taking out of that is go to Mocha Memoirs Press. Do not go to Amazon. How about that? Absolutely. Let's, let's make sure we support our, our small town indie publishers because they need it a lot more than Mr. Bezos. Let me tell you, they need the support. So and we love them and uh, we wish uh, Mocha Memoirs and we wish you, Ray, all the success thank with you. this really super cool series. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so um, much. Before we get out of here, um, I did want to ask you. We we <laughs> tend to try to um, swing things back around to nostalgia because that is our kind of our main bread and butter. Um, and there's a really funny anecdote in your bio on your website that I'm going to turn into my final question. Okay, uh, which is that you uh, say that you are just two, but two degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Yes. Uh, the, the Kevin Bacon, the
1: Kevin Bacon, the, one the hero
0: of Peter Quill himself. Um, can <laughs> care
1: to elaborate on that?
0: Like, uh, what's up? So about?
1: let's go back in the way back machine, back to the early 2000s when I was just a young thing. <laughs> Gosh, um, this is the story that I like to tell. And I was working um, at the Central Piedmont uh, Community College um, summer theater program. I was working, I was doing prop work and tech stuff as part of my, my classwork. And I got to meet the, the man running the theater program on the tech side. His name is Bob Krogan. And he was, if I recall correctly, he did a lot of costuming and puppetry and stuff from the university of North Carolina. And he would come in and do the summer theater program with us. And when I first met him, we were talking about people in the industry that we knew and met. Um, because when you're in theater, it's kind of like writing, everybody knows everybody. And when p- people tell you stuff, you just, for the most part, take them at their word, because um, we all know everybody. It's just, mm-hmm. just how the industry works. Um, so as people are name dropping who they've met, and whatnot, he goes, well, yeah, I've, I've worked with Kevin Bacon before and now and then he he then he then the next thing he says is now you are all two two degrees away from kevin bacon i'm like that's pretty cool and there were some other people who have worked with bob on other stuff who were able to confirm this unfortunately this is like 20 years ago so i can't remember exactly which projects he worked on bacon with but and i feel really bad about that i tried to look it up online i'm like oh my gosh i can't remember but that was really cool and that's always stuck with me um Mm -hmm. And I thought that was like when I was writing my author bio because I wanted to have something that was, um, fun and also represented the brand of stuff that I write and wasn't like you know, just a boring. Yeah. I grew up in, in the middle of Ohio. No, no, no. Yeah, it's just
0: it's disarmingly funny. It's charming. I I, I so, really like. It. So, so
1: when I do when I do my guest applications for conventions, that's typically the one that I copy paste out of my notepad and be like. <laughs>
0: Nice. And now I get to say I'm three degrees. uh, Yeah, now I get to say you're three degrees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Pretty cool. So, thank you for that. Um, So, finally, actually, that'll be our second to last question. Our last question. All right. Top three Kevin Bacon movies. So, and I'll answer this after you, but I have mine.
1: So, (laughs) the man has been in so many things and in varying degrees of it's a Kevin Bacon movie because he was the main character or he was there for five seconds.
0: Oh, no, he's just in it. It He's matter. just in it,
1: and I'm He's no. I'm like, it. I'm like, oh my gosh.
0: There's a, there's a lot. I was I was on IMDb, um, myself, and I'm like, well, I'm not really sure. Like, I definitely know two, and I wasn't sure what the third one was going to be, but um, all right, all I got right. I I decided. I've decided. Two of them were very obvious.
1: So, the uh, basically, there are like three movies that stuck out for me, and um, one of them was Apollo thirteen.
0: Nice. Yes.
1: Um, you know because you know i like pseudo movies you like things with
0: apollo in the name i know right
1: has apollo the name and it's also you know i say pseudoscience because when you do books especially any kind of historical fiction you have to like stretch the signs a little bit um my dog skip because even though that was you know whatever um don't judge me (laughs) i'm allowed i'm allowed to watch sappy movies too okay and then no judging um, Of course, and this one is also on brand for me, is um, RIPD, the Rest in Peace Department, which I watched that recently, like only just last year. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to win an Oscar, but I really like the concept, so I'm going to stick with it. Nice. So (laughs) That
0: that was like uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges? Yes, yes.
1: Yes, and and it was amazing.
0: So Kevin Bacon was in that. I didn't remember that. I did see it, but... um, Mm -hmm. Nice, night. Yeah, you know, great picks, great picks, and uh neither one of us is going to say Footloose, so you know, kudos to us for that, for not being I basic. Actually,
1: didn't like Footloose,
0: so um, I never saw Footloose until I think it was uh, like two years ago because my daughter wanted to see it and she was, I think, like thirteen at the time. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I avoided seeing the dance off movie my whole life, but okay, let's do it. I'm on Which a. It's really funny on the... that I
1: don't like it because I normally watch any movies that have that are like the cheesy teenage rom coms or anything that has you know dancing or singing because you know I'm a sucker for those. And I'm like, I just don't like Footloose
0: because musicals don't have the music part as part of the plot. It's just like the medium. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, the the characters don't really feel like they're aware. It's just the you know it's the presentation. Well, more than some
1: of, some of the modern musicals but, that are done very well do incorporate the music. This one didn't do it, didn't execute it as well as I would have liked. I'm not saying it's bad; it's not. Right. It's just weird.
0: It's just weird how important dancing was like for real for this town. But anyway, um, it's it's a classic and that's fine. So um <clears throat> okay, so mine I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Flatliners with uh, you know, Julia Roberts and Keeper Sutherland and uh Kevin Bacon was so great in that. He was uh right at the beginning there. Flatliners rules and then um oh the creepy ghost kid in that movie really freaked me out when I was a kid. Um and then uh definitely absolutely i i feel like this should be my number one but it's number one for nostalgia love but it's number two on my list and that's tremors gotta gotta say tremors i love came tremors.
1: so close to putting tremors down because yeah. like i like it really so good. bad sci-fi
0: i love it i love it it's not even bad to me like it's just i know i know i get it it's jaws on land and it's done so perfectly um Love it. So um, number one for me is definitely Stir of Echoes, um, which is actually one of my favorite ghost stories ever. It's probably my number two favorite ghost story ever. Number one being um, The Orphanage, which is that uh, the Mexican movie uh, Guillermo del Toro produced it. Yeah. Um, gorgeous movie. It's uh, mm-hmm. such a good ghost story. But um, yeah, Stir of Echoes. Oh, my God. What a what a friggin' movie that is! Have you have you seen that?
1: No, but it sounds amazing. I'm gonna add it to my list. I um, what have I been watching lately? I've just been going on down like the retro kick um because I've been working on birthday presents and art stuff and non-writing things. So I've been playing like um <laughs> movies from the early '90s in the background. So I wa- nice. I did this like whole like Jurassic Park marathon.
0: Awesome, awesome. And
1: now I'm on um Chris Pratt Jurassic Park. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I love I love getting on kicks like that.
1: <laughs>
0: I love which getting on kicks, like, and you're like, okay, no, I'm going to watch them all. Which I watch myself
1: when I watch these because I'm like, I love Michael Crichton as a as a write like his writing because of how mm-hmm. he presents makes the science in his books palatable and understandable. Yeah, and I read both of I read both Jurassic Park and Lost World, and I'm like, I understand with this disclaimer that certain things work in prose better, and certain things work in visual media better, and that's like a whole nother show that. I'm True. But when I'm just like, when I'm watching, especially when I, the the newer Jurassic Park movies aren't bad, but I'm like, the fuck happened here? It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's... it's like a multiverse canon. You have book canon that goes in direction A, and then you have like movie canon that kind of does this number and then turns left to Albuquerque.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent Bugs Bunny reference. Um, so...
1: <laughs> I still watch them because I think they're fun to watch, but I also have strong opinions of why they are the way they are. And I do not want hate mail. So I'm going to sit in my chair.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, you know, um, I think, you know, we're talking about, uh, derivative things. And I think if I see one more movie of, uh, of a hunky guy holding his hand out to whatever the beast is, um, to tame it because he's the blank fill in the blank whisperer. Um, I think I may throw up like physically and I did just see rebel moon and it, it actually did that. And I didn't throw up. So I think the next one I'm, the next one is my one.
1: I the haven't next, seen I'm, I'm rebel full, moon yet. Full. And I'm very hesitant. Cause I'm like, I, I have a complicated relationship with Zack Snyder movies. And we just can leave it at that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's, that's fine. Um, um uh, so yeah. do I, but we can leave it at that. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, um if you're not uh if you're looking for non derivative material, I would look elsewhere is what I'm gonna just say. <laughs> about that. Um so there it is, folks. Uh Apollo Grant, Kevin Bacon, Ray Nichols, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank um so I much. know we had some Oh, you're so welcome. I know we had technical difficulties and I hope the episode turns out as as good as I want it to because this was a great discussion and we just had some, some bad connectivity tonight. And uh, I do have a snowstorm going on here in Massachusetts and uh, that might be part of it. I'm not sure, but please tell our listeners where they can find you one more time before you get out of here. And um, we will certainly put any and all links in the uh, show notes as well. So people can easily click on them on their device of choice, but yeah, um, before we get out of here, please tell them one more time.
1: Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, Yeah. So again, I am Ray Nichols. I write um, science fiction, urban fantasy, noir, and, all sorts of really, really cool stuff. Uh, my main series I have right now are um, Apollo Grant, which we just discussed. They can be fa- Those books can be found on MochaMemoresPress.com or um, I also have links to the Memoirs site uh, and Amazon through my website, uh, RayNichols.com um, and then the same thing with Until Death, which is through Gold Dust Publishing um, and my books can also be found on the old Amazon
0: the the zon as it were as the kids don't say the zon the zon on the zon Um, the bezos (laughs) verse the bezos verse is the darkest timeline that we live in um (laughs) thank you so much again for coming on i will i will get us out of here um guys thanks for listening to this episode we are about to wrap it up if you haven't jumped ship by now we certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up. Awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and the place formerly known as Twitter, whatever. I am not even want to say it, it's just dumb, <laughs> but we're there for some reason still. Um, All right. So before uh, before I finally get us out, let me let me just hit this little button and get you out of the brig. Um, We don't want to leave you down there. I know. I know the conditions. I apologize. They they weren't quite up to your standards, but, you know, they they're a lot better than usual. I mean, we've had people we used to have a pee stare um, that people would, you know, contract various things. And, uh, you know, it it was bad. We, you know, we fixed all that. Um, So I I mean, I just
1: accepted my fate. I've been down here this long. I think I'll be okay oh good oh
0: good very very cool uh for more information or to subscribe to us or any of the awesome shows on the dorkening please go to thedorkening.com and be sure to check out our sponsors deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for i've been your host my name is parasite steve and it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here good night